our podium disappeared during the pandemic. <laughs> so this is, it's like, yeah, don't worry, we're not going to have, we're not going to be eating TV dinners. And it's honestly, it kind of works. <laughs> so, um, so I wrote it really big, but I think I still need my glasses. So forgive me for looking at you over the top of my glasses, but... Um, yeah, so um, I'd like to um, offer some reflections this evening on the theme of mudita, appreciative joy, um, the third of the the Brahma Viharas, these sublime abodes or sublime attitudes or intentions. And uh, some of you know that this is part of a series I'm kind of using to, um, as, a th- as themes to, to, sh- to sort of guide reflections this month. And, uh, but hopefully, for those of you for whom this is the first one, this will still, hopefully it's a standalone, as well as making some sense with, with, the, other, with the other talks. So, as always, I really, really encourage that uh, kind of listening to the Dhamma talk where you could say you're, you're listening, you're listening to the Buddha. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you're listening for what resonates truth for you or what resonates, something helpful for you. And uh, hmm. it's interesting, I sometimes feel quite nervous in, in teaching and so feeling that a little, I never quite know, you know, it kind of comes and it goes, and you go, oh, for goodness sake, you know, you know. And then it sort of does its thing. And then I feel this sort of sense of how the Brahma Viharas are such a support to, to that, to me, to almost like if I get in touch with that intention to offer, you know, to support, to 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 you know, do something helpful or at least, you know, have that intention. And that actually that, then I look around and I just feel a sense of where this is a shared exploration, you know, whatever, um, you know, all I can do is offer, right? And then sort of what happens, happens. And it's a, it's a shared... Um, it's a shared endeavour, you know, a talk isn't... I mean, I, I, I sometimes walk around and give, give talks to the plants and the trees and everything else. Sort of, but um, just so I can sort of hear, hear, hear myself a bit more. But, you know, it's like the, the meaning, the teaching. Is, isn't, it, isn't it so much in the receiving and the hearing and the sense of listening kind of with our whole body, our whole mind and... 
something resonates and sometimes it's really obvious and sometimes it's something quite kind of not really what's being said but something else that kind of comes up so anyway I really um, I have as you probably have most of you sat through an awful lot of Dharma talks (laughs) and I I really notice in myself that a really large part of what makes a, a talk helpful is the way I'm listening. You know, which is you know, kind of obvious. <laughs> um, and I, I, yeah, so whatever the teacher or the teachings, it's like that, open to the Dharma, sort of available to be supported or guided by that in in whatever way it might come through Um, so uh, let's see um An image has been with me all week, so I will go ahead and share that, and we'll kind of see I've got sort of ideas. But so much of this is, or really all of it, is in the service of um, just maybe evoking or provoking or providing an opportunity for some sort of reflection or inquiry or uh, wondering about about this quality of mudita, of, of, of appreciative joy or sympathetic joy. I, I find the word the word appreciation or gladness. I kind of connect more with those or celebration. Um, anyway, so that 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 this different teachings and thoughts and different pieces I want to share. Hopefully that just helps to uh, bring this quality, this theme, kind of up for consideration a little bit. So, so, so the, the the image that was coming up was actually an image from the um, the narrative of the the, the 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 night of the Buddha's awakening, the Great Awakening narrative if you know that it's uh yeah this kind of process or series of processes um that the buddha the buddha goes through he sort of takes his seat and makes that commitment and things unfold and um there's one part of the process where yeah, the way the, the, the story or the narrative goes that um, the armies of Mara right, are firing arrows and Mara, you know, this, this sort of figure that uh, expresses maybe different aspects of what um, obstructs the, the process of awakening. That's all the different sort of manifestations of that so there are these arrows coming towards the Buddha from, from the armies of Mara and as they as they get close to the Buddha and they kind of reach the you could say the, the field of his mind 
let's say. And uh, as they as they as they reach that, they transform into flowers, which land around the Buddha. So I don't know what that means to you, and and I'm just, you know it's like there's different meanings, and so with respect to whatever this means to you, and it's a, it's an image, image that comes back, and actually when I consider it each time, it feels a bit different, or there's different meanings that kind of come forth. But what seemed to kind of come forth in in this sort of consideration of the Brahma Viharas in relation to this is the sense of a mind so um, you could say full full of all, all the wholesome qualities and factors and understandings full of emptiness you could say full of love full of again just this is just one way of thinking about it it's like, it was like a protective kind of um, force, force field or something. And that this is, this is not just a, a myth, but maybe something we can actually see in our own experience, maybe you know, on a more ordinary level. So uh, the experience of, uh, say... Uh, the troubling thoughts, for example, you know, that sort of worry, obsession, or whatever it is. And then, at times, so the mind is so, there's, it's, you're, it's feeling clear and calm and steady. And this same thought, sort of this theme comes up, and it just sort of happens, and nothing happens. And no suffering, right? Do you, I, maybe you've experienced this at times. And to me, this is a kind of mini awakening. It's like, to me, that's the, the force, the power, the effect of wholesome qualities of all kinds to the degree that they are, you know, there and, you know, how that obviously varies and goes up and down. <clears throat> to me, it's such an inspiration to, pra- to practice for practice for cultivation. And maybe we know beings, you know, in whose presence, okay, you know, to some extent or another, you know, we feel the force of their goodness, of their of the different qualities that they've cultivated, so that in the presence of, of that person, we might feel, oh, this person will do me no harm. Just kind of, you know, I know that. Or this person isn't, you know, it's not like they're perfect, or but that there's a kind of we kind of sense something in them that is protective and can protect both them and you. And again, not like, um, but just something we can we can we can sense we can kind of appreciate um, so anyway and i i feel like the brahmaviharas are ways we can protect each other you know to some degree from our <laughs> 
Mara-ness. Right? I mean, I don't know, I guess we all have our, I mean, really, pretty, some pretty ugly stuff, right? And patterns of criticism and hatred even. and But that it doesn't, yeah, that, that that's having commitments or cultivations around the precepts and and around um, the Brahma Viharas atti- as attitudes or intentions or as, like, this is how I want to see people, this is, you know, can um, help us to moderate, to hold, you know, some of that more difficult stuff that comes up, especially around how we relate to other people. It helps to both to, you know, to see that, to, to moderate it, to hold it with kindness, with these qualities. Yeah. So to me, that's a very important part of Brahma Vihara practice is how, how, they, um, how they actually help us to meet what's difficult, you know, what is not so lovely. So I always want to sort of emphasize that somehow, that, um, that that's included that's included, and that's part of how the yeah the arrows can turn into flowers. I was thinking of a, a story. I don't know something happened a long, long time ago, but again, these things that stay with you of a bit a bit like this, where though I was a teacher for a while in a school with teenagers a long time ago, and um, I've told this story before in talks. I don't know what, anyways. And this this uh, teenager really just absolutely exploded at me, kind of, you know, just so angry, frustrated. It was like this just kind of, you know, absolutely got to the edge of what she could bear. And I remember, actually, it didn't feel like arrows. It felt like this sort of wind, you know, like, sort of coming at me and I I think that um, part of what like somehow for some reason it just sort of went through me I don't know if you've ever had that experience like nothing stuck it wasn't like oh she hates me or nothing like that happened it was just like this force of nature and somehow I was steady and I think it was a kind of pre-Brahma Vihara Brahma Vihara i.e. I had never heard of the Brahma Viharas at that point <laughs> Right, but there they were. There was some steadiness, some kind of grounded. There was a lot of care for her. There was a lot of like just stay in connection, stay in connection. You know, it's like, and and I I I I wish I was always like that. In that, that anyway, it sort of always stood out as a real example of how I cared about those young people so much, and I think that that's really affected how I responded and fortunately I was not in that situation anyway I I was able to well I guess be that empty space right where something just and then and then there can be some response and actually it ended up she gave me a bunch of flowers now, I hadn't realized that until I just said it. It's like, wow, yes. <laughs> Arrows into flowers. Good. 
yeah, this is real stuff. You know, this is not just... This is, this, this is, you know, this is um, natural. And as so much of the Buddhist teachings and cultivation, it's like, you know, and I know this is a bias for me, a kind of key that we get in touch with the naturalness of it. And it's already happening. And you see it and you notice it more and it's something already happening. But we don't recognize it and I think that's a really interesting way of cultivation where we just start to recognize and acknowledge you know the kindness the and in this case we're looking at the the appreciation and the song that just happens um but maybe doesn't get noticed or valued um, it's not as dramatic as we might think that, you know, <laughs> that uh, good things should be. Then they can be more ordinary, which has been another theme for me these last few weeks of the sort of just the appreciating the, 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 the ordinariness, the sort of groundedness, you know, that, that these, these qualities, these factors can have. Um, yeah um, let's see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I was I think I am going to share this um, it's a, a teaching that I a bit of a text I put together based on some different writings and some something that my friend Paul Burroughs wrote so I always credit him on the bottom and I'll put it on the board, and it's a a, a a kind of one one just one way of understanding part of how these particular qualities. But I think it's true of all kind of wholesome qualities that they kind of weave together and they support each other, and they um, and in doing that they help to. Um, you could say, bring us back to center or um, bring us back to openness. And in this, it's like coming back to balance and this sense of that as a mm, quality that can then be, mm, you know, forgotten. Um, <laughs> we get out of balance that so we can sort of come back, you know like that so anyway I'll read, I'll read this and um, metta the love that connects is an antidote to all forms of aversion it is not attachment if it slides into sentimentality karuna brings the heart back into balance karuna the love that responds is an antidote to cruelty. It is not pity. If it slides into sorrow, mudita brings the heart back into balance. Mudita, the love that celebrates, is an antidote to envy. It is not competitive. If it slides into agitated excitement, upeka, brings the heart back into balance.
upeka, the love that allows, is the antidote to partiality. It is not indifference. If it slides into disconnection, metta brings the heart back into balance. So if you want to check it out or put it on the board, it's, it's, I know there's a lot in there, but you can hear this, like as we cultivate anything, mindfulness, you know, any one of these, um, don't we, we kind of, it's like the zigzag path to enlightenment, oh, oops, 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 <laughs> credit to Susan Jeffers for that one from the wonderful book feel the fear and do it anyway and that in the cultivation of mudita we might find you know we want to we're interested in this quality of appreciation and find ourselves falling into say agitated excitement or that's so great so great so wonderful (laughs) anyway I have that one I mean I don't have anything but you know or, um, you know, kind of rose-tinted spectacles. or So, so you know, so interesting. And um, some of what, you know, might consider what mudita or joyfulness, gladness, appreciation is kind of an antidote to, like, envy. You see another person. And there's something good happening for them. Damn! What is it? Yeah, the words are for those noises, but you probably get the idea. Yeah, wanting that, and how you know how human that is. And I remember I had a person years ago, and I was on retreat at Guy House, and if somebody who. I was really envious of this person. I wanted to be her. That was, you know, I just wanted her life. I wanted to be her. I wanted to, you know, it's like, that was... And and my teacher, Christina, told me to do mudita practice. <laughs> Which is, you know, like... So I did, and it, it in some ways I felt like... It was it was such a such a kind of confrontational. There she is. I'm so envious. May you be well. May you have good fortune. May you have more good fortune. May you may your good fortune increase and grow. And you can hear my voice like, oh God, yeah. You have more and more, and I'll have less and less. And you have. You see me. I'm coming out of balance, aren't I? Here I'm leaning heavily over to one side. It's like come back into balance. So. Um, Another a good friend, Zohar, I want to share some of her Medita teachings a bit later, but I think one of the things she really helped me to understand and practice with, not feel embarrassed about, was practicing Medita for yourself. It's like, oh, toe curling, kind of, no, no, can't do that. All sorts of reasons why... <laughs> can look at other people I notice this a lot in teaching so you come in and I'm like oh you know I just see your wonderfulness and your courage and your 
you know, your patience and your love and but like turn that around like mm, what do you see if you turn that around and look at yourself? Say, Oh dear, not so much. Okay, let's turn around and look at the nice porcupine. Oh lovely porcupine. Oh. Uh, maybe not stroking the porcupine, but you know the rabbit. I just, you know, fall down and worship the rabbits. So lovely. Or the chipmunk, right? What about this being? Oh, yeah. Not, not furry, not cute, not right. And and, and so I recently I was listening. I do this when I'm listening to a talk, and the phrase it was it's a bit outrageous, really. But I kind of realised that. Again, different words, images, stories. So the phrase was a mudita practice phrase. Oh, let's see if I'm sure I remember. You are so wonderful in your being. <laughs> Bit of me was like, yeah, give me a break, you know. It's like, foo, 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 la, la, la. And I thought about it, and I thought, wow, yeah, I, do, I actually do experience that. Not all the time, and not with everybody, but the wondrousness of a being, you know, especially the ones we like, or, you know, they help us, or whatever it is, and we see their beauty, and they shine, and we just really, how wondrous you are in your being. Now, just turn that round. Okay, prepare to cringe. Toes curling, ready. How wondrous I am in my being. (laughs) One of Mara's arrows got through there. So the I, the sense of self, or the senses of self that are so negative, right? So common for so many people. And it's, you know, I think it's very common, isn't it? When somebody tries to give you a compliment, you're like, duck. Yeah, thanks very much. Just like, you know, can be really, really hard to receive that. So one of the meditations I I do or try to do sometimes, because it's hard, but I think it's helpful, is to think of a being... I can sometimes you could do this with a circle of beings, but that's too much. I would just die in the middle of that. Maybe I'm working up to that at some point. So there's a being, and you imagine them looking at you with eyes of appreciation. Like I'm kind of looking at you a bit like that now. But like, can you stand it for a few moments <laughs> to be seen? with a kind of appreciation which he doesn't want anything it's not trying to do a number on you you know it's not trying to get anything it's just hey glad you're here right again I think it, I find it helpful to sort of sense the ordinary ordinariness of it if it's too I'm so glad to see you you're so wonderful I'm like oh but if it's more this just hey Hi, glad you're here. And I can like, ah, oh, I can take some of that in. I can let that sort of lift the heart a little bit. 
And so you can do this in imagination and again, you know, very lightly, but as I, I like to pepper these talks with some different ideas about how we cultivate, we consider it, we think about it, maybe we even study it, you know, tell stories, look at the teachings, the Buddha's teachings, look at different teachings like the one I read. Um, and so I hope you get the sense of how this is part of our life, isn't it? I think we probably wouldn't still be here if we weren't, if we hadn't been somehow involved in appreciating others and being appreciated and have some appreciation for ourselves. That I think, I think that would, yeah. So to really respect the power and the sort of what that brings and how we can we can cultivate it you know like gratitude and that might be something I visit more sort of on its own sort of basis but so if you again as a very simple practice a very simple cultivation at any point during the day or now during the talk or when you're eating or just when you're walking down the corridor or something what if I just um, make myself available for noticing something gladdening. So this can be helpful to, to phrase it as a question. So I, I sometimes do this and find it quite amazing. Like if I say, what, what's, what's the question? Um, what's here? What's... What's, what's here that if I notice it might bring joy or gladness right something like that so I started doing this and I was walking in my house and I was like wow the wood yeah <laughs> right in front of you the, the wood on the floor so just noticing the, the beauty of the grain and then now I don't know you can try this if you like but what I find kind of remarkable is again the the suggestibility of the mind right the that the buddha is is kind of incredibly use this for the good that we can incline the mind you know it's 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 inclinable and in the service of 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 the ending of our suffering and stress in the service of wise attention, what, when we attend to it, brings about a wholesome state or the increase of a wholesome state? And what, when we attend to it, decreases a wholesome state, right? Or brings up an unwholesome state? I mean, I'm, I hope that's not too... That's right effort. So we're, there's something here that's like, whatever our practice is, we're practicing developing wise attention. And so this cultivation is, 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 is in the service of that. And um, yeah, so, and, you know, people, you could do this for five minutes or five months. It's, it's like any Dharma practice, any Dharma door, 
you go in, it's like it's got that hologram, holographic sort of quality that the whole of the Dharma is there. And it opens up because it's all connected, right? So I think this, this is a Dharma door. You know, it's not just a kind of, it's, it has tremendous depth to it and a potential for being a, um, yeah, bringing a lot of benefits into the mind and into the life. So a source of, of samadhi, a way of really deepening concentration and gathering around that, around that theme, around that intention. Um, and I think that if you look, if I look at my relationships with people, and if I look at something that is difficult, that's going, sort of feels really difficult in that, I can generally find one of these Brahma Viharas that is kind of almost exactly what's needed. So, yeah, the very uh, practical, practical. Um, just one really simple example. At some point, I think this was, I was, I don't know, anyway, I was thinking about how to bring more mindfulness and kind of connection with simple tasks and um, using a simple word like appreciatively, given this theme, like folding laundry, appreciatively, doing the washing up, the dishes appreciatively and if you what I found when I did this was again there was this whole realm of appreciation that could open up on on a you know just lots of things that kind of came forward you know the having clean water uh, having a washing machine that worked or having hands that could feel feel the texture of the cloth and have the still have the dexterity which of course will go eventually to kind of actually fold the thing so appreciation it's like it to me it's a very a real support for mindfulness and um can maybe you know those times when your your practice feels a bit dry and you're like you know breathing in breathing out <laughs> that um, just this slight shift of bringing in some appreciation can just like oh, without even taking it on as a whole cultivation, you just it just wow, I can breathe in, I can breathe out. You know that's not true for everybody all the time, and it doesn't go on forever. So, um, this feels a little daring, but what the heck, you know? We'll see if there's a riot. (laughs) I'd like to read you a poem by William Shakespeare, which is relevant, I promise. And I feel very much as part of my culture, part of my background as uh, at least partly English and um, I hope you'll see why I chose this poem it was one when I was young I I was really into poetry and I learned quite a few 
off by heart, but I didn't trust myself to remember it all properly. So, a consolation. When in disgrace with fortune and men's eyes, I all alone beweep my outcast state and trouble deaf heaven with my bootless cries and look upon myself and curse my fate. Wishing me like to one more rich in hope, featured like him, like him with friends possessed, desiring this man's art and that man's scope with what I most enjoy, contented least. Yet, in these thoughts myself almost despising, haply I think on thee. And then my state, like to the lark at break of day, arising from sullen earth, sings hymns at heaven's gate. For thy sweet love remembered, such wealth brings that then I scorn to change my state with kings. Yet in these thoughts myself, almost despising, haply I think on thee, and then my state, like to the lark at break of day, arising from sullen earth, sings hymns at heaven's gate. So... Thank you for your indulgence on that. <laughs> but you can see like, why I, I thought that when we think of someone who we love or who loves us or you know, who we know appreciates us, loves us, that, that, that the, heart, the heart lifts. And so that as a practice, as something that we can call upon sometimes. Okay, so um, maybe just one more little bit, and um, I'll, this is something else I'll put on the board. And this is again the use of phrases, and um, so the one I mentioned is not written on here. So if you want to remember that, you, uh, what was it? Um, how wonderful you are in your being. But um, so. Again, to give you a sense of different phrases that, that can actually help, can be part of a practice, and um, different voices. So you can kind of create your own. I'm, I'm a great believer in finding words that resonate, that sort of come from what makes sense to you. You know, words, phrases, images. So this is from Martine Batchelor, who's a our friend and mentor has been appreciating my efforts or appreciating your efforts rejoicing in your understanding rejoicing in your happiness or rejoicing in my happiness so again, you can hear the same spirit, but just some different possibilities for ways of phrasing it or, or um, using the word this 
which I think is sometimes helpful because it just it could be for you or for me or for anybody or for all of us. Being grateful for this existence. Yeah. So I like those. Um, and then some I learned from Zohar, and I'll just share one, my favorite one. May I learn to appreciate the joy I experience. I'll say it again because then it's like when I first heard it I was like mm, what? May I learn or may you learn to appreciate the joy you experience which again is picking up on that sense of it happens and so just noticing it and appreciating it and then um, from Chris Cullen enjoying the blessings of this moment enjoying the blessings of this life and again uh, you know if you use a phrase like that you just send and you kind of wait you know you can just leave a lot of space to just see what comes see what see what comes so you're not trying to make anything happen may may you enjoy the blessings of your life so again, this could be a specific person or group of people. Um, so there's just some possibilities there. I hope that I'll put them on the board so you can refer to them if you if you like. So a lot of suggestions and you know these different possibilities for cultivation and. Um, also, just, yeah, the sense up for me that it's helped me to feel and recognize that the heart that kind of gets more flexible, it's that sort of, it can, his suffering, it's if, then it, it brings compassion and I hear something beautiful mudita I'm using my hands because I don't know what words those are exactly but it's flexible it's it's like this maybe that's my sense of some sense of awakening is this sense of fluid of fluid and yeah sort of emptiness and potential that kind of is responding so that we're no, it's not one instead of another. It's as appropriate. It's as appropriate. It's, it's somehow what's needed. And I guess when the cultivation is very full or, you know, those times when somehow things are, are really present, then it just happens, like, with the support of mindfulness and wisdom and just what's appropriate happens, uh, and yet that that the, the, there's been a sense of kind of cultivating in that direction. That's that makes that possible, or is one of the things that makes that possible. So, okay. So let's uh, last little thing, and then we'll chant together. Another poem. And this I actually didn't know this poem. It's another poem by Mary Oliver. 
It was actually on the board here a few years ago that another teacher had left on, on the board. So I was really grateful to find it and then we'll bring this talk to a close. So this is called Don't Hesitate by Mary Oliver. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give into it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind and much can never be redeemed. Still, life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back. That sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything. But very likely you notice it in the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Anyway, whatever it is, don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. So... Thank you for your attention. So let's chant the sharing of blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.